bad has now been around for three seasons and coaches everywhere are saving time and being more efficient when it comes to scout cards. Coach Robinson from Texas says, the thing I most enjoy is the ease of access to all the scout cards and how I can draw on them if I need to make any changes. Every coach that uses it says that it is so great to use. If you and your staff are tired of the old ways of preparing and using scout cards, check out thecoachpad.com to start enjoying scout team and making the 2023 season better than ever. Um, welcome back to another episode of the Gap Down Backer podcast. Uh, today we have uh, Coach Corey Johnson. He is the offensive coordinator at Wilmington High School here in Ohio. Coach, how you doing? I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Um, he's he's a, he's been highly recommended by by a friend of the channel, Coach Roger Horton. So um, this this should go really well. Um, but first, Coach, I mean, how did you end up as the uh, offensive coordinator at uh, Wilmington High School? So I was the offensive coordinator at a fellow school in Cincinnati, Ohio. The current head coach, Ryan Evans at Wilmington, was at Monroe. He was a defensive coordinator. We'd actually met for the first time um, at a seven-on-seven at, I believe we were at, not Shamanada, Alter. We was at Alter, um, and we just kind of talked, and, we connected and I followed him from afar, you know, everybody being in season is hard to keep up, but I would follow him on social media. We would kind of talk on there and then we just kind of connected at the end of last season. And now here we are. Good. Now, now, like, I mean, we'll hit a couple of different things as we go, but how would you describe your offensive identity um, at, as you went into Wilmington, like we'll get to what you did at Wilmington here in a second, but what was your offensive identity going in when you took the Wilmington job? So go uh, prior to, to Wilmington, we, I, I'm a spread dude. I, I will die on that spread hill. <laughs> I'm one of those coaches that believe, you know, every coach has something that they can do. Um, I've been talked to by several people about going wing T. Just like, I'm not going to do that because that's not my cup of tea. Find a guy that can do that, you know. So I was I was a, a spread guy. We threw the ball around. Uh, when you got the athletes on the edge, it, it makes it so much easier to put it up there and let them go get it. Um, so we we were more along the lines of like your your air raid. I would call it more of a power spread system. Um, but last the year we had those athletes at Hughes, we were more of an air raid style. Okay. Now now, but how is that? transition a little bit because we talked a little bit beforehand and um obviously you don't have necessarily maybe the speed currently um and you have a lot a little bit different lineman body now that you're Wilmington how did your kind of philosophy and identity change um going into this season as you kind of installed stuff and kind of saw what your kids were able to do so we knew going into it I knew I would be um a little more run heavy um in in our system you know i'm a guy that believes in power counter inside zone outside zone um and so say hey we can take these five six passing concepts and we can hang our hat on that that's what we did at hughes when i came out to wilmington i said okay let me tailor our our system to be more run heavy which we came out you know then uh, I believe if I remember the numbers correctly, ended up being like 65, 45 run to pass ratio. Um, so we, we just had to take it and say, oh, we're not going to necessarily change the system. 
we we're still you know signal no huddle multi-tempo um but we will rely more on the run game than anything else okay now now with that having to rely on the run game how did that cause you to evolve your play calling going into this year like obviously like when you're like instead of looking for okay who's your matchups outside who's who's this and that okay now you're looking at okay where's the bubble where's this how has that caused you to evolve as a play caller so it actually it 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 had growing pains for me but it it helped me see the box a little bit better like you said i i was more so how can we get the matchups on the edge um at you know at my previous stop to where this past season i had to look and say okay how are they aligning within the box and then if they're you know they like to bring edge pressure how are they messing around with the edge pressure are they leaving you know we're lining up in two by two are they leaving the slots unblocked do we need to condense the 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 alignment of the slots or you know do we have to add uh h back and you know just kind of move him around and do some things with him to gain kind of an advantage within the box so uh it, it shifted my mindset from being hey how can i throw the ball up in air 60 times a game to call four birds 50 times a game and, and score 190 points to how do I lean on some people be more run heavy while still main, maintaining our uh, up-tempo or multi-tempo no huddle signal system okay now I, I, I always wondered like when you when you install the tempo stuff and teach it how do you what is your process for installing tempo and the no, your no huddle system. Are you risky band person? Or are you signal person? How do you approach it? Do you approach it day one? Do you install your base plays and then bring the tempo? And how do you install a tempo system? So I actually believe in it, it starts in the off season. Everything gets catered towards towards going fast. Now, obviously, you know we don't want to lift weights and go fast, and then somebody gets injured. You know, we still we're still doing everything at a at a high tempo. I think it becomes more of a mindset before you can actually get on the field and do it. Um, and it, it, it's kind of preaching your message. When we started our our meetings in the in the summertime, we said from day one, hey, this is what what we're going to do. Tempo is going to be a huge part of our offense. So we're not going to. We're not going to not utilize tempo day one because we know that is a part of what that is a part of who we are as a team. So uh, I found a drill and I actually use it at at my previous stop and I kind of fine tuned it coming into this season. First time I'd ever seen it uh, where it's like the the um, Gus Miles on. He was at Auburn. He did the tempo drill. And then a buddy of mine who he was on staff with us for a little bit in my previous stop, Leon Forte. He showed me this tempo drill where you just take about five or six plays and line them up. And, you know, you just get them going. You go every 10 yards and you call the plays you, and you do it just like you would do in a regular game. So that was kind of how we move, moving forward. That's kind of how we did it. Um, I, and we did it day one. So our kids already knew day one, this is the tempo drill. We talked about it in our meetings. It was a part of our conversations in the off season. We talked about it, you know, just in passing in the hallways, like, Hey, don't forget, this is the drill that we want to execute. And I, I, I tried to put a lot 
understanding that we were new to this, but I tried to put a lot of onus on my quarterbacks to really push our guys to believe in it. Uh, I believe everything starts at that position. You know, it's, it's kind of hard to do anything if the trigger man can't execute. And so I would talk to those guys and tell them, hey, remember, when we're going tempo, we're going. We're not wasting time. You know, and so that would be something he could echo to the players while they were on the field. But it all started in the offseason into our meetings. We talked about it and even in our day one install. So with your day one install and tempo drill, like how much did you install so you could run tempo drill? Because like you said, you said you have multiple groups going and you're going down the field running multiple plays. Would would you is day one you're only really running two plays but just over and over again or how how are you approaching tempo like obviously it kind of makes more sense as you get further along in your install but from your day one install how did you approach it with tempo drill so we we went um we would go on the field and we talked to our formations in the classroom and we told them hey this is you know this is how we're going to install um our formations this is how we're going to even install the tempo drill so day one we taught it, talked about it in the classroom, talked about base alignments. Then we take our base formations that we're really going to hang our hat on um, and we walk them. So that tempo drill starts out as a a walking drill. And we say, hey, if we're on the right hash and we're in three by one to the field, this is where you should be aligned. And we'll walk up and down the field every 10 yards as if it is a tempo drill. Once we've gotten through it and all the kids just kind of get a mental note of where they're supposed to be, then we line up and we'll go maybe about 50%. And then we'll line up again and do it about 100%. So that day one is nothing but formations for the tempo drill, but it gives them an idea of what to expect moving forward when it comes to installing schemes. So when we get into day two, just kind of as a, as a refresher, day two will go formations and the three the three schemes that we put in the previous day. And then we just kind of build from there. Okay. Okay. And then do you do that all – how often do you do that? Like obviously you do it throughout camp, but once you get in season, do you still do that at least once a week? Do you do that every day? How, oh, I do it every day. Okay. Yeah, we do it every day. And – I. I, I know it, it kind of gets redundant, but we take – so if we're scheme, uh, scouting for an opponent and we, we're in our meetings, we're talking, hey, this is how we want to attack this opponent. These are our base formations. These are the base calls. This is um, kind of how we want to line up. Um, this is what we want to call. So whatever is in our, like, base um, – our base game plan is what we're going to use for, like, a Monday or Tuesday in-season planning. Okay. Now, also, also, like, so when you're doing that tempo, like, because I honestly don't know, do you signal as the season goes on? Or are you just yelling it out, or are you, um, how how are you getting the relaying the plays during the tempo drill? So we we signal everything. Um, what how we did it? We the coaches would align in different spots of the field, and we have multiple signals. They will align with their portion of the field. Everybody's signaling what they're supposed to be signaling. Uh, sometimes we have headsets on. We we got more in the headsets. Other times, <laughs> excuse me. Other times we had um, we just had the paper and we would go and just go straight down the list like that. Um, I actually prefer the the headset because it helped with sideline communication. Yeah. Now now like, as you reevaluate last year. 
as the OC. Like when you're looking back, so obviously Timbo drills something you do really well and that you're that you you're very excited for and that is a big staple of what you do. So you can run tempo during the games. Um when you're looking back on how you practice and how you did stuff, is there anything that you want to change, alter, um, that you're like, ah, I shouldn't have done that, or I wish I would have done it like this? Like is in hindsight, hindsight's obviously 2020, but also looking forward, is there anything so you can fix things going forward? I think the biggest piece for me, and this is just me personally, is is when we're on the on the field, not losing track of time. Uh, and I, I know I, I'm not sure if that that's not necessarily schematically, you know. I just I get caught up, or I get excited in doing something, or or I feel like, hey, we can do this better. So being more of a time manager, so where tempo drill is only supposed to be five minutes. And whatever, however many groups we can get through in five minutes is what we're going to get through and not moving from that because we have other things that, you know, that we could do. Tempo drill, honestly, is for us is something that we use to get the blood flowing. Um, I, I just, like I said, I like it. I think it helps us. It helps us uh, regurgitate information that we've learned in the classroom or it helps us, you know, look and say, hey, these are the mental notes of what I'm expecting. I got to be able to process this information. I got to be able to call out this blitz or whatever I need to, you know, be communicating with all the other guys. And I need to do it in a very fast tempoed manner. Um, so I think it helps a lot mentally. But for me, it's like, hey, don't get so caught up on being perfect in this drill when you can go to like, walk through and that's where you can perfect perfect it so that's not necessarily like schematically not changing the practice structure it's just being more disciplined with time management as far as how long the drill should actually be going okay now i should ask this at the beginning but like why why is tempo a big thing because like every every offensive identity is different and everybody has different beliefs but why do you use tempo so much in your system uh i believe it gives us an advantage um we can we can line up you know, and we we're we're a base. If you add, depending on who you ask, if you ask me, we're a base eleven personnel. But we can take that same eleven personnel and line up in two by two. We can line up in three by one. We can even line up in empty. So I think taking that personnel grouping, where a, a coordinator may say, "Oh, that's a tight end" or "That's an H back," and then splitting him out, and then being able to to go fast on top of that. It just gives them a lot more to focus on. Um, now, with, with that being said, be, because of, you know, the athletes that we had, the personnel that we had, it was one of those things where we had to uh, sparingly use this past season, which I think in some games, it really helped us. So where we were going really, really fast and the defense is like, hey, they're they're going tempo. And now we come out and we slow down. Now they're like, well, how do we adjust to the the different levels of tempo that they're actually giving us? So I think it gives any coordinator an advantage um, in terms of forcing the defensive coordinator to really get a read on how to play. Well, I agree with you on that. Like I was talking to a DC, um, what was it, last week or the week before, and he talked about how like tempo teams don't really bother them. It's tempo teams that change the tempo as you go. Are the problems. Like if they go fast the whole game, that's it. That's yeah, that's easy. Yeah. But they're changing up tempos as game. That's where it, it messes up the flow and some other things. So um 
kind of kind of continuing with that, like, and I haven't really had a full conversation on tempo yet. I mean, is there any like when you're going fast, is there any problems that you have to well, let me rephrase this. Re- evaluating when you went tempo and really went really fast. Is there anything that like it, it limits you in any way? I don't think it really limits us. I think the, the, the biggest thing is making sure you're, if you're signaling, whatever your signals are, making sure they're clear and concise and straight to the point. Um, what, what can happen. And I, and, and I believe this happened to, me a couple times is where I'm signaling and I'm feeling like, hey, if we're going to go tempo, not necessarily need a need for tagging because now you're getting into getting the kids to line up, get the signal for the base play and then understand the tag versus just lining up, getting the one signal and just rolling with it. Um, so so making sure that your signals and um you know, your, your structure, however you get your plays in are clear and concise. Okay. That makes sense. Now, now, as you evaluate how you did tempo from year one to year two, is there anything that you're changing or that you're like, ah, I didn't like that. Or, or are you trying to add a different tempo? Like, cause I know, like, I think the Gus Miles on thing you mentioned, I think at one point he had like four tempos. If I remember correctly, or some, or, or somebody I've listened to has had four like four tempos. Is yeah. there anything as you like evaluate year one or year two that you want to do better with tempo or a better way to practice it? Or is there anything with tempo that from year to one or year two you're reevaluating? Yeah, I'm actually looking at and studying one word calls, and that includes formations, motions, if we're going to add motions. Um, and then obviously the play call in the direction, um, everything being wrapped up into that one word, um, being where you can either signal or just yell it out. You know, um, I've connected with some guys in different parts of the country. And this is what I love about the game. I have connected with these guys and to say, hey, I don't do signals because I just yell out the play. <laughs> it's a, you know, I don't really care if they know what it is. They got, they still have to stop it. Um, and then they have words that go right, left, the whole nine yards up. They have different like protection words and all that kind of stuff. So I would like to get more into uh, studying one word calls where it wraps everything up in it. That way we can either signal or we can just go ahead and yell it and we can go. Now I, I did want to like swoop back to, um, Something from earlier, like you, you, obviously this was year one for you there. Uh, there's a big transition. I think we talked before the podcast came on. They had been like the same system for like seven or eight years there at Wilmington before you, you came in. Like what were some of the biggest hurdles or things you had to adjust to or or the kids had to adjust to um, as kind of as you guys kind of came in there and started putting in some new stuff? Uh, I think the biggest adjustment was a signaling. And, and just get them understanding like, um, you know, this is what this signal actually means versus huddling and calling the play like that. Um, and then, you know, cause we, we generally do, we have a signal for the formation, signal for the play, obviously, um, signal for the direction, all that kind of stuff. So getting them to understand, hey, this means right, this means left, this means, you know, inside zone, this means trap or whatever. Uh, this means four verts or this means, you know, 
slant bubble or whatever. So that the biggest adjustment was getting them to understand like the signals and being able to get the signals and line up and play fast at the same time. Now with that, like with that saying, did that cause you to have either like more field time or more classroom time result? Like I, I talked to uh, Colvin at Beaver Creek the other day. Yeah. And he, um, he talked about how he had to like halt or like freeze some of his extra stuff or and some of his culture stuff because there's just so much football stuff he had to get him caught up on. Is there anything as a, like the result of the transition that you had to, okay, hey, we need more classroom time and we need to halt this or we need to do more field time or less classroom time because they just need to understand how to do these things? So we actually – we didn't add more. We had the option to add more classroom time. From time to time, we did do it. Um, anytime I would talk to the guys, like, in the weight room or on the field, if we're just kind of getting a drink or if we're in, like, a different portion where it's not necessarily offensive focus, I'll ask them, do, you know, what does this signal mean? And they'll be able to tell us. Um, they kind of learn by just regurgitating it multiple times. The other piece is we didn't put a lot on them early. Um, like for me, for example, how I do my, how I prefer to do my installs is I'll do, I'll break it down into like four days and it go day one is inside zone. Day two may be outside zone. Day three may be counter. Day four may be power. And then, you know, how we kind of go into regurgitating from the day before is we'll take team and we'll signal everything from the day before that's kind of how we regurgitated we couldn't do it like that this year which i was like i actually liked the way i did it better so we did it two days instead of the one day so we would go inside zone two days and then the second day we may or may not throw in the tag and then you know the let's say we practice monday tuesday that would be inside zone wednesday and thursday would be power and we, we would kind of go like that. So they're seeing it multiple times in a row. And we still do adding the previous day install stuff or previous section install stuff to the next session of team, if that makes sense. No, it does. It does. Now, the last thing I want to ask you before we go is, like, what does a typical practice schedule look like for you? So we got a team takeoff, and then we'll do, like, a team walkthrough. We go individual, depending on the time of year it is. Sometimes individuals 10 minutes. Sometimes we cut it down to five. Uh, we'll go inside run. We'll go seven on seven. And then we'll get into team section. And everything, we're kind of flying around the field. So in the summer, because we're not necessarily scheming for a particular team, we're just kind of going against our defense, I'm really focusing on, hey, let's push the tempo and we can fix all the other stuff unless it's just a complete cluster crap. <laughs> That's the only way we're really stopping to teach right then and there. Otherwise, we do a lot of teaching in film. Now, speaking of that, with that practice, how much of practice do you try to film with how, with all the tempo? Like I said, I know like historically, like especially like college tempo teams want to film as much practice so you're doing most of your teaching back in the classroom. How much filming of your tempo practice do you try to get done? So we we film on uh, inside run, seven on seven, and team. This year, I'm going to do uh, – I'm going to film the tempo drill 
um, this year. And I'm, I'm going to kind of put a for myself, put together like a collage of how it is actually progressing. Um, I thought about doing it last year a couple of times. It slipped my mind. So I said this year I'm going to make it a point of emphasis to make sure I get team takeoff because that's how we can teach our team the tempo. Say, hey, this is good. Or we're not getting lined up fast enough in these situations. Or if we really want to push to the absolute max, you got to understand where your alignment is based on where the ball is. So I'm going to do a lot better job of recording that portion, but we for sure get inside run seven on seven and then 10. Okay. Well, coaches, uh, give coach a follow. Um, his, his Twitter bio will be in the bio below. Uh, like, share, subscribe, all that lovely jazz. Uh, check out our sponsor, Coach Pad. Um, otherwise, that is another episode of the Gap Down Backer Podcast.